This episode of the How of Car Washing is brought to you by SDI Conveyors. SDI Conveyors is the gold standard for belted conveyor systems for car washes. If you're considering a new car wash, or if you're considering a major remodel, and you'd like to put in a belt, you owe it yourself to look at the gold standard STI conveyor systems. For more information, go to www.sticonveyor.com or contact them at 705-728-4868. Welcome to the How of Car Washing, the podcast that helps the car wash owner operator and manager address the challenges and opportunities associated with building and running automated car washes in today's fast-paced environment. And now, here are your hosts, David Begin and Henry Lopez. Hello, Car Wash Nation. This is David Begin. Thank you for listening to this episode of The How of Car Wash. I think I've got a special person on, Rob Stevenson, good friend, who's the CEO of STI Conveyors up in Barrie, Ontario, Canada. And I was, I was thinking about saying the 51st state, but I know you guys are kind of sensitive about that. Type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, thanks for joining me, Rob. I've been wanting to do this for a long time. Thanks for making the time. I know you're super busy and everybody's super busy in the car wash industry right now, but I wanted to talk about belt technology and there's nobody better than Rob Stevenson uh, and, uh, and his company. So thanks for joining me. Well, thanks, David. Great to be uh, on the podcast. Thanks for having us. And uh, yeah, we've been excited about this for a while and uh, glad our calendars finally allow us to do this. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah, you were telling me that you're uh, shipping to Europe, I guess. That you're finally shipping some conveyors over to Europe. Yeah, yeah. We've got some uh, some customers over there that are uh, interested in the, in the belt conveyor technology. And uh, so, uh, yeah, we're getting ready to ship uh conveyor this week and get that installed in the Netherlands. And yeah. uh, so we're excited about that. And uh, got some customers in Germany very interested, uh, France, uh, Belgium, uh, Russia. So yeah, it's really expanding in that uh, that area of the world. Um, so yeah, we're we're excited to be there and uh, and to let's let them know what we're up to here in North America. Yeah, that's good. And you were saying it was kind of a result of I guess two years ago was it your first uh, uh, car wash show Europe? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we went to Amsterdam in uh, September 2017 and uh, made a number of contacts there that have, uh, uh, have come to fruition now for some sales. And um, yeah, it was a great show for us. And then we went back uh, last month uh, for the 2019 uh, Car Wash Show Europe show. And um, yeah, it, it was great. It was, uh, it was even bigger attendance, we felt. And uh, it gave me a lot of great, great connections. And uh, we're excited to be uh, working with folks there. Good. That's, that's a testament to the uh, Car Wash Show Europe. And um, if you're a vendor and, uh, you know, you think you want to expand your market into Europe and over on that side of the pond, uh, the Car Wash Show Europe is a great opportunity. So good shout out to ICA and Eric Wolf and the team that uh, has put together the, the Car Wash Show Europe. So Eric, good job. We're just, we'll give Eric a little kudos there. Yeah, uh, they've done a fantastic job. We were really impressed with the facilities and just how well we're taken care of. Good. Uh, fantastic. Good, terrific. So give me a little bit about your background, Rob. I know, I'm guessing you're an engineer, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I, I'm first and foremost a gearhead, but yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love all things mechanical. I've yeah. been like that ever since I was a kid. Uh, uh, my father was a heavy equipment contractor and I was helping rebuild diesel engines and bulldozers when I was like nine and driving heavy equipment uh, shortly thereafter. Um, so I've just grown up with uh, machinery. 
you know, worked in construction, worked on the farm, all that kind of stuff. And, I, you know, growing up in a blue collar home, uh, we like to say you get dirt into the fingernails. And um, yeah. so I, I, you know, my hobbies were all uh, related to, you know, machinery and building and designing things. So naturally, when I found out about this profession called uh, uh, engineering, I was greatly intrigued. So I knew I wanted to be an engineer from the time I was in the sixth grade, believe it or not. And uh, I had a, I was blessed to have a, a family friends of ours, uh, their eldest son, uh, who went to the same uh, uh, university that I went to. He was about maybe six, seven years ahead. And uh, he kind of inspired me to uh, to follow that career path. And I'm so happy I did because I absolutely love the profession. It's exciting. And really, it's, a, it's an intersection of my hobbies uh, with the profession, basically. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah. So you, uh, you, so I'm assuming a mechanical engineer. I would have yeah. Been. Yeah. My degree yeah. is, uh, is mechanical engineering and, okay. uh, I went to university of Waterloo in Waterloo, Ontario, Canada. And it's a, it's a good school. Uh, it was a co-op program. So you're working in industry every four months, which is a great training ground for, uh, being uh, in business. And, uh, it was a fantastic program and, uh, learned a ton about, um, machinery and equipment and manufacturing production, whatnot. So, yeah, really happy I did that. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, my uh, I guess I've told you this, but my grandparents were from Canada and my dad was Canadian mm -hmm. and uh, they worked in Hamilton, Ontario, which was kind of the steel yeah, town. That's right. For Canada. And he worked at a spring factory. So during World War Two uh -huh. and for you know many years afterwards, he worked. He made springs, everything from uh, springs and watches to springs on aircraft carriers. So wow. It was pretty amazing you know so they so and my, my my grandmother worked at a plant called american can i guess they made they made cans i guess it was uh, -huh. uh there so you know having that factory worker background and that blue collar background i just love i love making things i, I wish maybe i should have been an engineer and in, in a past life or a yeah. future life but um <laughs> yeah i just i i think it's cool you know i love i love the show how it's made i think that's a canadian show anyway yeah, um but i just i just love that show I, I love watching how things are being made and i just have a tremendous appreciation for people who work and in factories and make things yeah it's really fun it's a really neat uh creative outlet if you like to um, design and build things it's uh it's a really cool area to work in and yeah uh, yeah it's i love it and uh no regrets about that career path so Rob, you know, we were talking a little bit about, you know, how, how you got started. So what's kind of the genesis of STI and what does STI stand for, by the way? I don't, I don't think I've ever asked that question. Um, it stands for Stevenson Technologies, Inc. Um, okay. uh, when I started the business at the ripe old age of 27 years old, I uh, didn't really know where we were going to be going, uh, what things we we're going to be specializing at. So I kept the name fairly uh, generic and, uh, and knew that would allow us to get into whatever without a name conflict. Uh, so when I started the business, uh, you know, uh, it was just me and I was working more as a consultant, focusing on, uh, machine design and manufacturing systems, end up getting into the, uh, automotive manufacturing sector, um, developing automated tooling systems, robotics, equipment for manufacturing cars. So that's, yeah, that's how we got going. Uh, in that industry, it's an extremely demanding industry where you're typically relying on equipment to, uh, uh, run two shifts, you know, 16 hours a day, five or six mm -hmm. days a week. So the reliability and uh, uptime is of uh, paramount importance. You know, so when we got an opportunity to work in the car wash business, um, having that background came in really handy because, uh, you know, car washing is uh, 
as most of our listeners will appreciate, is a extremely demanding environment uh, with all the different environmental factors that you have to endure. So having that background, it just must uh, it must be reliable, must keep running to not let down the pr uh, production process. That was ingrained into us. So yeah, that's how we got going. Um, as far as uh, work in the car wash uh, business, we started that in uh, 2010. We started off as doing uh, some uh, machine design consulting for uh, one of the large uh, car wash equipment manufacturers. And from that, uh, that project, uh, we had introduction to uh, the folks over at uh, Petro Canada, which is mm -hmm. the, uh, uh, they're the largest uh, car washing company uh, in Canada. They've got close to 250 tunnels coast to coast. And um, we got a call from that relationship one day saying, hey, uh, we've got this belt conveyor. This is back in, uh, yeah, late 2009, early 2010. And they said, we got this belt conveyor that uh, customers love, but we're having all kinds of reliability uh, issues. And, you know, Rob, would you and your team, you know, look at doing some design improvements to make it more reliable? Well, uh, you know, when Petrocana calls, you say, I'll be right there. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, it, it, it's turned out to be a fantastic relationship. So we started off, you know, designing uh, retrofit kits for, I think it was about eight or 10 of the original belt sites that they had installed in the greater Toronto area. And uh, we got those uh, converted to a very reliable configuration. Mm -hmm. And they were extremely happy with uh, with the uh, uptime improvements that they had. And uh, from that point, uh, we got invited in 2013 to do what we'll call a clean sheet design, where instead of being bound by the constraints of a, of a previous design that you're retrofitting, uh, now we can take all the learnings from that retrofit exercise and apply it to a brand new design without those constraints. So we did that and had the prototype ready to install at one of their sites in the uh, in the, in the greater Toronto area in, that was, that went in June, 2014. Mm -hmm. So we were all excited that, Hey, we're going to try this prototype out. We'll watch it for a year, you know, learn from the weak points and make improvements and whatnot. Well, no, they ended up buying five more prototypes that year that were all need to be put in uh, before Christmas. So, <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> so uh, talk about, uh, you know, stress. It's like, okay, well, I hope, we hope we got it right the first time. Uh, so, yeah. Because as anyone knows about product development, prototypes are, you know, there to learn from and tweak, tweak it and fix the weak points. But no, I worked out really good. Uh, it turned out to be a very robust design that uh, had very few of any issues in and then from those the first six that year, they end up buying uh, many more, uh, and we, they continue to use the same uh, same basic design from 2014 uh, today as they roll out new tunnel sites uh, across Canada. Okay. So that was a huge opportunity for us to get to, to get going in the car wash business. Yeah. So that that was interesting that you kind of partnered with them a little bit and kind of you know that 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 was a great great uh, springboard for you when you had you know a partner that was interested in some of the new technology and was willing to make investments and kind of got you going. Yeah. You know, they hats off to Petro Canada, which is owned by Suncor energy. Um, they were quite visionary in seeing the future, uh, particularly in relating to creating what they call a guest experience that was superior to other uh, options in the market for tunnels. Mm -hmm. They started their work on this project, which they call their, their glide wash offering, which is their higher end offering that features uh, the belt. But it all started with a marketing survey. They, they wanted to know what are some reasons that folks would be uncomfortable or why they wouldn't go into a tunnel wash. And there's two main demographic groups that came out of that study. 
one was, you know, a group we'll call nervous drivers that uh, just, just had fears about lining up their tires between the, the guide rails of a traditional over-under chain conveyor. Yeah. Uh, fear of jumping the rails or fear of causing an accident. And a lot of times it was just a perception um, that, that there's something could happen and they, they didn't want to go into it, uh, into the tunnel. The other group was uh, folks with, uh, you know, high-end uh, cars, particularly lowered sports cars, uh, low-profile uh, tires, nice rims. They had a, either a real or perceived fear of, of damage uh, to those tires and rims. And for the same, for, you know, for that reason, they didn't want to go into either. So PetroCanada wanted to take that fear away and gain more market share by creating an offering that would uh, welcome those, those groups as well. Yeah. So, you know, in addition to offering both a friction and touchless option, uh, which they, they came up with, the main differential on the equipment side was the, um, was the offering of the belt conveyor instead of the over-under conveyor. So uh, that's worked out really well from them. And they, like I say, they've, I think they've got up to probably 35, I think, of the glide washes uh, coast to coast. It's done really well. The, uh, the numbers have been fantastic. And uh, customers will often seek out the, the belt conveyor site, even though they've got other chain sites in their market that they could choose from with their with their monthly pass that they could use but they a lot of them will elect to to seek out and go to the the glide wash with with the belt conveyor so yeah really neat offering and we were uh, really privileged to be working alongside them at the, being the right place at the right time to help them with the rollout of this uh, of this product so one thing we were talking about rob was you know the fact that we're seeing a major trend between car washing going from more of an industrial experience. And that was really kind of the genesis of the full service car washes where people didn't have to ride through the tunnel and they got out and sat in a waiting room, you know, then they came out, their car was clean. They didn't really, they weren't really that concerned about the process. A lot of car washes might've had some, you know, pane glass windows. You can kind of watch what's going on, but you know, there, there wasn't any, any interest on the part of the customer to be part of the experience. Where now it's moving more toward a retail environment where with the advent of Xero Express, people are, are involved in the process. So I was using the analogy of, of uh, you know, cereal. You're, you're not involved in the making of your cereal. You're not there as they're making cereal. And at the end of the, end of the you know, manufacturing line, you grab your three boxes and go home. But with car washing, it's, that, that, it's now that way. So, you know, making sure we're taking a look at all the experience factors throughout the entire process since our customer is now part of that manufacturing experience. And, you know, plus they're also, you know, driving the most precious, precious asset they have, which is their, their car. And so, you know, we're asking an awful lot from a customer when we're asking them to load onto a conveyor belt and, and it's, it's a very unnatural experience. Yeah, really we're, we're asking folks to use a skill in operating their vehicles that they don't, often get a chance to practice or use anywhere else in their driving experience, right? Even uh, driving into your, your garage at home or driving into a parking stall or in the parking lot, you're not having to use that, you know, spatial awareness skill to line up your tire into a, a narrow track um, uh, anywhere else. So uh, yeah, that, that can create a, an uncomfortable experience for folks. And um, anything we can do to improve that is, is going to increases the chances of, uh, of them coming back because, you know, it's, it's comfortable and, and they're not scared of it. Right. Right. And so I, I believe that's where the bell conveyor is starting to get a lot of traction. People are starting to look at it. There's a, there's a lot of debate about a belt, but you know, when you were designing a bell, what were some of the engineering aspects or the engineering challenges you were facing when designing a belt? It's not, 
not, I mean, there, there, there's an awful lot to it. And when you go into it with the attitude as you folks did to say, we want to, we want to produce something that's going to be very reliable uh, to the, to the car wash owner and operator. What were some of the engineering challenges and aspects you had to think about? Yeah, well, starting right from the beginning, I mean, the, the guest experience that uh, belt conveyor offers, um, I mean, any other uh, products in the market for belt conveyors, um, it, it all creates pretty much the same level of guest experience. So we didn't need to mess with that uh, too much. Uh, our focus was more on the, um, the reliability and the durability of the system. So reliability is making sure that you can run it to get through your car wash day without it failing, uh, breaking, you know, motors failing or bearings blown out, uh, the belt breaking, the belt coming off sprockets. Those are all reliability issues. Durability on the other hand was uh, how long can you make the system last before you have to do maintenance, um, especially expensive maintenance of replacing uh, major components. So that's where we focused our attention on. Now we have you know, a bit of advantage being uh, Canadians and uh, as most of our listeners will know, we have some pretty uh, uh, amazing winters in the great white North. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Um, I've, you know, I've heard it. I've, I've, I've heard the term 10, 10 months of winter and two months of poor sledding. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, that's pretty much true depending where you're at. But, uh, <laughs> but generally speaking, we, we know a bit about snow and ice and cold temperatures. So, Sure. Um, but you know, with, uh, with, in that winter environment comes a lot of, uh, you know, traction control products that they put on our roads, um, you know, be it, uh, uh, sand, salts, mag chloride, potassium chloride, all kinds of stuff that is, uh, really hard on, um, equipment, especially friction-based systems like, uh, belt conveyors. So, you know, working in designing equipment for this environment up here in Canada, we had to make that, uh, paramount importance is how can we make it last in these extremely difficult environments. So, and it, you know, and it varies from location to location. And for example, in Ontario, Canada, um, it's mostly uh, a lot of salt uh, and sand. Uh, I believe potassium chloride is used a lot in our roads. In the Western provinces like, uh, like Alberta, um, they don't use salt uh, much at all, I don't believe, but it's a lot of coarser sand and even gravel. Right. Um, so the, the challenge for us as design engineers is, you know, how do we design a system to handle and survive and thrive under those brutal conditions? So um, uh, the other big aspect, as any uh, one who's been involved in equipment in the car wash industry knows, is that corrosion is a huge uh, design consideration uh, for car wash equipment, right? Having um, equipment rot out. Uh, in that corrosive environment is uh, is not good, and anything we can do as designers to to mitigate the effects of of uh, corrosion uh, is very good. So yeah, we focused uh, our, our our attention and design on uh, corrosion engineering, and then the reliability and durability of the system. So uh, in the area of corrosion, it's making sure we choose materials that are just not going to rust. Um, so we uh, any of our carbon steel structural elements to support the whole, uh, we call it a carryway or, or a belt support deck. We, we've elected to go with the hot dip galvanizing and all that structural uh, steel, mm-hmm. make it last a long time. That way folks, when they, when they make the investment in a belt conveyor, uh, they, can, they can limit their, uh, their financial concerns to the, uh, the consumable materials of, uh, that are associated with the moving parts that wear and not have to worry about the, the whole infrastructure of the system, okay? So, Galvanizing is going to last a very long time. The only exception might be if uh, 
um, someone's using uh, HF or for, uh, for, for cleaning wheels, that, that can uh, have a negative effect on some galvanized uh, portions. But that, that's, uh, we haven't come across that too much where that's an issue. And if we, mm -hmm. if we do encounter that, we have stainless steel modules that can uh, be used in that zone to, uh, to contend with, uh, with those acids. In addition to galvanized coated steel, uh, using stainless steel, of course, is obviously a very high quality um, corrosion proof uh, material. Using uh, engineering polymers, plastics and whatnot that are designed to withstand the loads they're being subjected to or the wear environments. And obviously they're not gonna corrode. So just being very uh, careful and selective as we choose these materials to be very high quality and it's gonna last a very long time. Now, on the area of uh, uh, reliability, um, you know, design the whole mechanical power transmission system so that it's extremely robust. Um, nothing can be flaky or questionable in that drive line. Um, and that, that was a very big focus on our, our part. There's several different ways to design a system to transmit uh, the torque of an electric motor to the linear move, uh, movement of the belt. But there's different, different uh, paths to do that. Uh, some are a lot more reliable than others. Uh, we chose to go with the direct drive design, which has proven to be very, very reliable, getting rid of any kind of uh, uh, drive chains and whatnot to, uh, to, to couple the motor and gearbox to the, to the, uh, to the belt. Now, as far as the durability, the, you know, the biggest uh, uh, enemy in operation in a car wash is, uh, is dirt and grit and grime. By definition, in a car wash, the, you know, the process that you were talking about that, that our customers are taking part of is washing off this uh, dirt, grit, and grime off the vehicle. And where does it fall? It falls down to the floor onto the, uh, the moving floor, which is the belt conveyor. So uh, our focus in, in designing our system is to develop innovative technologies to essentially remove those dirt particles almost as soon as they get into the system so that we can mitigate the, uh, the abrasive wear uh, on the uh, mechanical components, which you know, are quite expensive, right? The key uh, elements of the belt conveyor, which we would call consumables, that are they're kind of like things like your, uh, your brake rotors and your tires on your, your car, right? Those are things that wear over time. You plan uh, in your budget to replace those at a uh, certain amount of uh, mileage intervals. And it's not a surprise when your tires wear off a certain point, same as your brakes. Yeah. Um, so those three components on a belt conveyor are uh, the plastic belt itself, uh, the drive sprockets that engage the plastic belt to, to move the belt, and then uh, what we call either the wear plates or glide plates, which is typically stainless steel, and that's the surface that the, uh, the belt slides over as it moves down the carryway. So that's where you're going to get most of your abrasive wear, and, and uh, our engineering efforts have um, developed systems to really help get that dirt out between those wear surfaces. So that's, that's been our primary focus to, uh, to try to address concerns uh, of belt conveyor technology. Yeah, so re really being able to, you know, minimize the wear effects, that's been one of the big concerns about belt technology is how long do they last? Mm -hmm. uh, because it's not like replacing a chain. A chain, you know, a chain is expensive, but it's not terribly expensive, but replacing a belt, I mean, it's a lot of material that you're dealing with and it's super heavy. I mean, how, how much does a hundred foot conveyor belt weigh? I mean, it's, it's gotta be yeah, in the thousands of pounds. Probably, yeah, in the tens of thousands of pounds. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it really has. So, you know, you're dealing with that, you're dealing with vehicles being on, on the belt. So you're dealing with a lot of, lot of weight, you know, and, and I guess from an engineering perspective, you know, you're, you're balancing 
the fact that everything weighs so much and the vehicles you get, you know, four or five vehicles on there, you know, what each way in, you know, between four and 6,000 pounds a piece, mm-hmm. you know, you're talking about a lot of force and then being able to pull that belt and five or six cars, depending on the length of your conveyor, you know, being able to pull all that, we're talking a tremendous amount of force. Yeah, it is. And that's why we engineer every application. We look at all the, the loading effects, uh, what the vehicle uh, masses are. Uh, we even look at what the, uh, you know, the, in the intended market, what's the ratio of trucks and SUVs to passenger cars. You're going to get a higher mm-hmm. average weight if you've got a higher proportion of uh, heavier vehicles on the belt. And of course, the other thing is what kind of uh, belt speeds are you trying to run, right? How many cars per hour? That's going to have your a big effect, of course, on the horsepower uh, of, of the selected motor. So we look, we'd run all the calculations to ensure that, uh, that it's going to work properly and have um, some extra headroom. So as the business grows, uh, operators will typically want to run faster to handle the increased volumes. We want to give them some, uh, some cushion there that they can, they can grow without uh, having the system being a limitation. This episode of The How of Car Washing is brought to you by STI. STI designs, manufactures, and installs complete belt conveyor systems. Their systems are built for the harshest and most demanding of conditions. Delivering consistent quality and value, an STI belt conveyor will keep your wash operating at its peak potential for years to come. If you have any questions about how an STI belt conveyor could fit into your upcoming project or your existing operations, just give STI a call at 705-728-4868. That's 705-728-4868. Or visit their website at sticonveyor.com. So when when you talk about direct drive, can you just talk real quickly for us non-engineers what, what, what when you talk about direct drive what do you what are you talking yeah. about and, and why is that that better yeah so uh, for example let's take a bicycle example uh, a bicycle to connect your your pedals uh, the crank to the rear tire uh, it's not a direct drive tricycle a kid's tricycle is a direct drive because the pedals are directly connected to the wheel that is moving the tricycle forward mm-hmm. but with with most bicycles it's a chain drive which is all right, but there's always uh, chances of uh, stretch, corrosion. It's one more thing that can fail in the system. So a direct drive uh, belt conveyor has the, uh, the gear motor or gearbox coupled directly to the drive shafts that uh, hold the, what we call the drive sprockets that engage the plastic belt to move the cars through. So typically the, uh, the drive shafts are coupled by a, a, a coupler but there's no other uh, gearing or sprockets uh, chains that are connecting to the two of them. So that has a number of advantages from an engineering standpoint. Number one, it's very simple. Uh, you're not getting uh, excessive radial loads on your drive shaft bearings by having the direct drive, whereas with a chain you do. You can reduce the sizing or reduce the loading on those bearings. So it's, uh, it's a very simple way to do it and uh, minimizes uh, failure points, which again, increase the reliability of the conveyor. And hey, the, the conveyor, we like to say, is the heart of the, of the tunnel car wash because, you know, hey, if you've got a, a dryer, a motor down, or even a rinse arch here and there, you can still wash cars, uh, typically, uh, but if the conveyor's down, you're down, right? So <laughs> right. it's a mission-critical piece of equipment. And uh, yeah. we like to say, if you, you know, 
don't skimp on that uh, lifeblood of your of your tunnel. You got it's got to yeah. be rock solid, robust, reliable, so that you can keep uh, washing cars and keep keep your revenue coming through. So, yeah. So there's there, there's two things about your system I think are pretty unique. Your your gearing system I believe is somewhat unique. And then talk about the sprockets that you use to power the belt. There's, there's some uniqueness about those. those yeah, designs. the uh, the belt and sprocket that we use is an innovative design um, that's covered by several patents, and it's unique in the industry in the way that it's uh, it's the, the geometry is set up, the shape of the sprocket tooth is more of a a sawtooth profile and it's driving on the uh we call it the heel side or the rear uh, edge of the belt module mm -hmm. and by by that configuration it's it's less prone to having the belt lift and ride up on the sprockets uh under tension after it's been subjected to abrasive wear a lot of the belt technology that we're using in car washes today originated in the manufacturing uh, industries, um, most notably uh, for vehicle transfer anyways, is the uh, automotive assembly plants. Um, most of those applications are, are clean, meaning the cars are coming off the production line. Uh, they haven't been you know, outside subjected to, to dirt and abrasive uh, media. Mm -hmm. So there's a tendency uh, when just carrying over that technology to not factor in the additional um, requirements that are are needed in an abrasive environment like a car wash. So, um, but the, the sprockets and belt we're using um, have that favorable geometry that makes it more resistant to that lifting. Because if the belt lifts on drive sprockets, you can get engagement issues where the belt will become disengaged during your, your wash day. And that could lead to, you know, some significant downtime. You could be down for minutes to an hour, depending on how good you are at uh, reconnecting uh, the belt onto the sprockets. So we really want to watch that interface between the sprockets and the belt, make sure it's, it's uh, sound, it's robust. It's not trying to lift up and disengage. That's a, a very important, um, uh, focus for us in, in the design effort. All right. Yeah. And, and just, just getting all the, all the capacity out of your motor, mm -hmm. you know, and I think, I think the way, if, you know, and, and if, and, uh, you know, if you're interested in belt technology, take a look at this sprocket because I think it's interesting, but you're, you're trying to get, you're trying to transfer as much of the power out of the motor and the gearbox onto the sprocket and onto the belt so that you're getting the maximum amount of power effort, I guess. That's yeah, true? absolutely. Yeah. And if we identify that, that, uh, interface between the sprockets and the belts is, is, uh, a weak link, if you will, then, you know, one of the things we can do to increase the life is to minimize the pressure uh, between the surfaces of the sprocket teeth and the mating surfaces on the belt. If we can help reduce the pressure, then we're going to increase the life of the belt. Um, that, that's one of three main aspects that can help mitigate wear. So if, if you want to talk about all three, there's, uh, there's the pressure uh, that we just talked about. Uh, between the, uh, the mating components. There is the uh, presence of abrasive particles, okay, dirt, grit, sand, okay, that can cause mm -hmm. wear. And then there's the relative motion between those components. If we can um, mitigate the effect of each of those three variables, we can really increase the life of the system. I, I kind of come up with this, you know, maybe silly analogy, but it, it's actually helpful. It's, like, it's almost like it's, it's a wood shop analogy. So say you want to go and... Um, you know, sand down a piece of wood if you're a woodworker in your wood shop. 
and you want to sand it, okay? Um, you have a belt sander. Well, there's three main things you're going to need to effectively sand that, that wood down, okay? So you're going to, number one, you're going to have to have a belt sander with a belt on it that's got grit or sandpaper uh, on that belt. Uh, number two, you're going to have to actually have power and motion to, you know, turn that thing on so it's spinning at a high rate to effectively, you know, grind or wear down the wood. And thirdly, you need to apply pressure on that block of wood if you want to get it to effectively sand uh, the wood down. Uh, if any, any three of those things are not uh, in play, you're not going to effectively sand the wood. Well, in a belt conveyor and a car wash, we want the exact opposite of, the, of you know, sanding the wood down. We want to keep those components, those expensive components, like new as long as possible. So as engineers, we look at controlling those, those three variables as much as we can to, to mitigate the, the, the uh, detrimental effects um, of abrasive wear. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you've got some interesting technology. So one of the most important things is when dirt gets on the belt or gets in the belt system is getting it off as quickly as possible. Well, what are some unique things you do to, to uh, get that dirt away from the belt? Yeah, so, so dirt's coming off the vehicles, falls down uh, via gravity, as we talked about, onto the surface of the belt. And then from there, it tends to work its way down in amongst the, the belt modules or the links. And it gets, uh, you know, there's gaps between each of the bricks or modules. So it gets down in between the belt, uh, be, uh, between the bottom surface of the belt itself and then the top surface of the, of the wear plates or glide plates. Um, so you're going to get thickness wear that happens on each of those components. The grid also gets in to the, uh, what we call the hinge pins that, that link all these modules together. When you get wear in there, that can uh, create a stretch that effectively can change the, uh, the pitch length of the belt relative to the pitch of the engaging sprocket. And if you've got a mismatch there, that can also lead to uh, engagement issues. So what we're trying to do is to get that dirt out as quickly as it gets in. And what we've, uh, designed and patented is, is called our uh, X-Track system, X-Track, E-X-T-R-A-C. It's kind of a play on uh, extract. Yeah. And uh, really we're extracting that dirt out um, as it gets down to the system. So we've, we've come up with a series of slots uh, all along, that they're cut into the glide plates all along the length of the carryway, which supports the belt. And as the dirt gets down in between at the, at the belt uh, wear plate interface, uh, these slots effectively shave off the particles of dirt and allow them to fall down into an open uh, grading system uh, and then gets captured on uh, trays that keep those particles from falling down onto the return portion of the belt and getting recirculated. So we're basically shaving the dirt particles off in the simplest sense and, and taking them out. And that's proven to be a very effective way of replicating the clean operating environment of an auto plant, for example, okay? In addition to that extract system, uh, we've also developed a, uh, a four-stage rinsing system that essentially supercharges that dirt removal process, right? You're, you're, you're accelerating how fast you're uh, taking the particles out by, by flushing, okay? So we call it our flow rinse system, and uh, we've got it available in from stage one up to stage four. Uh, stage one is a rinsing manifold where we have a particular zone uh, along the carryway where we are actively flushing using um, 
uh, fan jet nozzles to clean the dirt off the bottom of the belts and allowing that to fall down uh, through our open carryway onto these, uh, these trays to capture the dirt. Mm-hmm. That's stage one. Stage two is what we call our uh, flutter system where we are uh, injecting uh, rinse water uh, periodically down the carryway uh, every so many feet. And we are essentially flooding the top surface of those glide plates. And what that does is it helps keep the particles of dirt in suspension and move them faster into those uh, slots of our extract system. So it's designed to work in conjunction with the extract system to remove dirt at even a faster rate. Okay, so that's stage two. Stage three is a uh, a sprocket rinse system where we're actually rinsing, cleaning the uh, sprocket uh, tooth surfaces and the uh, mating surfaces on the belt just prior to those two components engaging. Okay, going back to the example, the woodshop example, um, we want to control the, the variables of the, the amount of abrasive uh, particulate. Okay, so if we can clean those surfaces prior to being subjected to the pressure of the, uh, of the belt from the vehicles being on it, then we're going to reduce that um, abrasive wear. Yeah. Okay. And then the, th- the fourth and final stage is, uh, is a top, uh, top belt surface, uh, or top surface rinse. So we're actually cleaning the belt surface as it wraps around the sprockets and goes back down to the, uh, to the return portion. So that's, that's effective if you've got um, folks coming in with uh, off-road trucks, uh, a lot of mud's falling off those trucks, um, or uh, cars coming uh, onto the belt in a winter condition where you've got um, snow and slush that's typically laden with dirt falling onto the belt. We want to get that rinsed off as quickly as possible before it has a chance to work its way down in uh, to below the belt. So that's our, that's our four-stage flow rinse system. And it's designed to work either with uh, fresh water or uh, reclaimed water, either or. Yeah. Line. yeah, I think we were using reclaimed water for our rinsing system. Yeah, uh, it, it works good. Certainly most cost-effective way to do it. Uh, if folks don't have reclaim that's available in their, in their tunnel, then we can use fresh water. But typically we're going to put that on a timer just to not break the bank uh, on your water yeah. bill. And, uh, and that way you can selectively uh, operate it with whatever duty cycle you want. Some ghost guys will do, you know, 10, 15 minutes every hour or whatever they want to adjust it to. So that, that works out uh, very well. There's no reclaim available. Yeah, since most of us aren't living next to the Great Lakes, we don't have a <laughs> unlimited supply of fresh water. Yeah. yeah. So if people want to find out more information about STI conveyors, where would you send them? Well, um, you can go to our website. That's the best way to track us down, and uh, which is uh, www.sticonveyor.com. And uh, all our contact information is on there. We've got a form. You can reach out to us with uh, any questions. And one of our sales team would be happy to connect with you and uh, hear about what you're up to and, uh, and uh, give you advice on uh, what we recommend. So uh, Good. I, I, me, I'm, I'm the president, but I'm, I'm heavily involved in that uh, uh, application engineering process and helping folks with their questions. So, um, yeah, we'd love to talk to them and, uh, and help them out. Great. Great. Rob, thank you so much. This has been really educational and helpful. And I think it's going to give a lot of our listeners some good information, you know, when they're doing analysis between either looking at over and under conveyors or belts. So thanks so much. Oh, thank you, David. This has been a privilege and, uh, thanks for the great questions and, uh, it's been our pleasure. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of The How of Car Washing. This is David Begin. If you'd like to leave a comment on iTunes or Stitcher, we'd love to have that. Or you can go to our website at thehowofcarwashing.com. 
Let us know if you're interested in other episodes or, or other topics you'd like us to discuss. But uh, I want to thank Rob as my guest today and uh, appreciate his information and look forward to uh, talking to you next time on the How of Car Washing. And once again, thanks to our sponsor for this podcast, STI Conveyor Systems. STI Conveyor Systems is the gold standard in belted conveyor systems for car washing. For more information, go to sdiconveyor.com or contact them at 705-728-4868. Thank you for listening to The How of Car Washing. For more information, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofcarwashing.com and leave us a comment if you have a topic you would like discussed. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to having you next time on The How of Car Washing.